So just how far down do you want to go? Well, we could talk it out over a cup of joe. And you could look deep into my eyes like I was a supermodel.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have what I like to call a classic here for you guys. As you guys know, um, over the last uh, couple years, uh, we have been here on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, depending on which uh, podcast hosting site you are currently listening from. And we used to be on SoundCloud back in the day. And I've been going through the process of taking some of the best moments that we had on SoundCloud, some of the best episodes, some of the best moments, and I'm currently in the process of transferring them to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio, and deleting them off of SoundCloud so I can get rid of the uh, page completely. That's the end goal. That's why you've seen um, interviews from back in the day. That's why you've seen compilations, and it's why sometimes the audio when you hear those is slightly different than the audio that you hear with the updated equipment that I have, because back then, I had to work with what I had. So that's why sometimes the audio can be a little bit different. Uh, but I don't really worry too much about it because I feel like it shows how far the Boochcast has evolved, how far it's come, and how you can start off with a little bit and eventually grow into something else once you get a bigger budget and better studio equipment. So for this week, I have a compilation of all eight reviews that we did of the Netflix show The Ranch. And I say eight because there was, you know, it was done in parts. Part one, part two two, part three, part four, part five, part six, part seven, part eight, which means technically there was four seasons because two parts equaled one season. Now, how this is divided up in these sections is obviously after I'm done with this opener right here, there's going to be a break and then we're going to jump into the first five parts of the ranch. So parts one through five are done in one segment and that was me by myself at the time. Now, as I started to watch the ranch, more and more people that I know started watching and enjoying it. Actually, my parents enjoyed it. In fact, my mother and I would actually binge watch The Ranch together from time to time. My father later started to become a fan of it. He actually liked Bo and the way that he parented and my dad and I used to joke around about how my dad and Bo are very fucking similar. And my dad hates when I say that, but there are some similarities. Now, Bo is a little more crazier than my dad, but there's still some similarities. Now, another person that got into this show was, of course, Gator Ricky Ross, which is why for parts six, seven, and eight, Gator joins me. So for the first five parts that are going to be in this next segment, I'm all by myself, and they're all jammed together. Then six is on its own, seven is on its own, and eight is on its own. And the reason for that is because it wasn't until part six was coming out that I had actually decided to review the ranch on the Boochcast, because it was right around that time when I actually started watching the show and binging it and following it, and then one day I decided to talk about it here on the Boochcast, because I was, you know, Looking for fun shit to talk about. And The Ranch was a genuine show that I enjoyed. I thought Sam Elliott did a hell of a great job. I thought Ashton Kutcher did a hell of a great job. And even though it's not really politically correct to say anymore, I thought Danny Masterson did a great job on this show. Now, of course, that was before we found out about Danny Masterson and the sexual assault allegations. In fact, it was the sexual assault allegations that are the reason he did not show up for the remaining parts of The Ranch. But I got to give credit where it's due. Danny Masterson did do a great job in this. And of course, at the time that he was kicked off the show, we did not know yet if he was guilty or not. It wasn't until recently, at the time that you're listening to this, recently we found out earlier this year that he was in fact guilty. He did commit these crimes and he is going to go to jail for it. And now that we know he's guilty, the motherfucker does deserve to go to jail for it. And I'm sure the next time Zach and I talk, at some point we hope to talk about that 90s show. We'll go into a little more detail about that. And of course, on a future variety show, 
we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But for now, I just want you guys to sit back and enjoy our reviews of The Ranch. So I'm going to take a short break here, and when I come back, we'll get into parts 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 of The Ranch here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this. Cowboys ain't easy to love and they're harder to hold They'd rather give you a song than diamonds or gold Long star belt buckles and old faded Levi's And each night begins a new day If you don't understand him, he don't die yet You'll probably just ride away Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys Don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks Let them be doctors and lawyers and such Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys they never stay home and they're always alone Even with someone they love Cowboys like smoky old pool rooms and clear mountain mornings Little warm puppies and children and girls of the night Them that don't know him won't like him And them that do sometimes won't know how to take it He ain't wrong, he's just different But his pride won't let him do things To make you think he's right Welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song, Mama Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys by Waylon Jennings. Now, obviously, this is the full extended version of the song as opposed to the condensed one that you hear on the ranch uh, when you watch the show on Netflix. But I decided to play the full extended version here on the show because it's a lot more fun. I figured I did that with Big Mouth, so it's only fair that I do it with the ranch. And that was Wailing Jennings with Mama Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up To Be Cowboys here on the Boochcast. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will get started talking about the ranch. Uh, now, obviously, I'm going to give a little backstory here for those of you that have not seen this show. And of course, I got to warn you, spoilers are ahead. So, The Ranch is an American sitcom web television series starring Ashton Kutcher, 
Danny Masterson, Deborah Winger, Alicia Cuthbert, and Sam Elliott that debuted in 2016 on Netflix. The show takes place on the fictional Iron River Ranch in the fictitious small town of Garrison, Colorado. Dealing, detailing the life of the Bennetts, a dysfunctional family consisting of two brothers, their rancher father, and his divorced wife and local bar owner. While the opening sequence shows scenes from Norway and Uray, Colorado, and surrounding Uray and San Miguel counties, the ranch is filmed on a sound stage in front of a live audience in Burbank, California. Each season consists of 20 episodes broken up into two parts, each containing 10 episodes. So that's why I say there's going to be, you know, you know, five parts talked about here. It's not five seasons. So basically part one and two is season one. Part three and four is season two. And part five and part six is season three. So that's basically how that works. And apparently uh, the ranch has been picked up for a fourth season, which means we're going to see another season of The Ranch at a later date. So basically they divide up into ten parts and they put it out throughout, you know, half the year. And all episodes are named after American country music songs, predominantly Kenny Chesney in part one, George Strait in part two, Tim McGraw in part three, Garth Brooks in part four, and Dolly Parton in part five. The first ten episodes premiered on April 1st, 2016. The second batch came out October 7th, 2016. Um, Then, let me see... Here we got, according to this, part two, season two, part one of that came out June 16th, 2017. That's part three, I believe. And then part four came out December 15th, 2017. And part five came out in June of 2018. And of course, part six will be coming out this coming Friday, which is why I'm doing all the parts here to kind of help get everybody basically caught up. Now, the show stars Ashton Kutcher, uh, Danny Masterson, Deborah Winger, Alicia Cuthbert, Sam Elliott. So basically, Ashton Kutcher plays Colt Bennett, a former high school and college football star who pursued a professional career with mixed success and returns to his hometown after a 15-year absence so he can take part in a tryout with a semi-pro team. He ultimately stays to help his father and older brother on their family ranch. Colt is frequently the butt of their jokes, particularly when it comes to his ranching skills or lack thereof, and his disappointing pro football career. He's a heavy drinker and has a penchant for not using common sense, but he seems to have a heart of gold and tries to do right by others. Based on his various teachers and dialogue throughout the first season, it's implied that Colt has played for the Barcelona Dragons, San Jose Sabercats, Spokane Shock, Orlando Predators, Nebraska Danger, Iowa Barnstormers, Green Bay Blizzard, Minnesota Axeman, Portland Forest Dragons, and Philadelphia Soul. Dialogue also says that he was a member of teams in Canada, notably the fictional Saskatoon Cold, like the Miami Heat, only cold, and Alaska, as well as a member of the Buffalo Bills practice squad. He also states in the first episode he was back up to the backup to the backup for Florida State and won the championship in 99. He is cr- and he is currently married to Abby and is expecting a baby girl with her. So that's kind of part five. So Danny Masterson plays Jameson Rooster Ford Bennett, Colt's older brother. He has lived and worked on the ranch since Colt left to follow his football career, at times showing a bitter attitude for the burden of responsibility this caused him. Despite living in Colt's shadow, he is far more competent on the ranch as well as a more level-headed thinker. He has, however, been just as irresponsible as Colt, drinking too much and sleeping around. Deborah Winger, of course, is uh, Maggie Bennett, owner of Maggie's and Colt Rooster's mother. Maggie's is divorced from Bo and lives in a trailer behind the bar she owns. Much more lighthearted and caring than Bo, her company advice is often sought out by the boys on how to deal with problems, especially those concerning their father. Maggie is something of a hippie and is an avid marijuana smoker. Love her already. Then, of course, there's Alicia, who plays Abby, a Garrison High School history teacher and Colt's high school sweetheart and current wife. Abby was in a five-year relationship with Kenny and was briefly engaged to him, but ultimately she broke it off and hooked back up with 
Colt. She and Colt are now married and expecting a baby girl. Sam Elliott plays Bo, Maggie's ex-husband and Colt and Rooster's father. He's a Vietnam War veteran. He has worked the ranch since returning from the war and taking it over after his father died. He is difficult to get along with, perpetually annoyed with everyone and everything. He has an estranged relationship with Rooster and Colt. He detests many modern amenities and is easily angered by his son's antics. Bo appears to be a Republican with a special affinity for Ronald Reagan, but at times seems to despise all politicians regardless of affiliation. And I can honestly say I've loved this show. I didn't think I would like this show, but I did. First of all, I love the fact that it's set in Colorado because everybody on here is a die-hard Denver Broncos fan. So right away, I was turned on to this show just by that because I myself am an avid Denver Broncos fan. I love the Broncos. Been a fan since I was a kid. My love for the Broncos goes all the way back to uh, when John Elway used to do those Vortex football commercials. That's really what got me hooked because as a kid, I never really watched football, never really cared about it. I didn't have the patience to sit and watch a football game as a kid. So I never really got into it that much. But I saw those John Elway commercials when I would watch like Power Rangers and Super Mario and stuff on TV. And then one day my dad was watching football and I saw John Elway on the field. And that's when I realized, holy shit, this guy plays football too. Now keep in mind, I'm like six years old. Okay, so it's not like I'm an adult who just now found this shit out. I'm six years old. Keep that in mind when you hear this. You're not thinking, wow, Vinny must be a fucking idiot. I was six. So... Uh, became a Broncos fan, so automatically love that about the show. I also love Sam Elliott. Last time I saw him, he was Virgil in Tombstone. So to see him go from that to this and to see him be very comedic is great. And also, this is the first Netflix show that was shot with multiple cameras and has like the studio audience kind of feel to it you know that was shot the way that it was it was like a one of the first like comedy series to come on this thing so it's definitely a lot of um a lot of fun to watch and genuinely uh great to see and what's even better about it is the fact that because ashton kutcher and danny masterson are in this show they brought some other that 70s show people to be on the show as well for example uh the woman who played uh kitty is uh, actually Abby's mother. For example, uh, Red Foreman, he plays uh, Peterson, who is their next-door neighbor. And at one point, they actually buy his ranch because he finds out, Peterson finds out he's dying of a brain tumor. So he decides to sell off his ranch. But instead of assigning it to, you know, this big, giant, uh, major company that's trying to basically, uh, you know, lease Newman's Hill, which is the name of the uh, company, uh, Colt and Rooster buy the ranch from him. And uh, ultimately, you know, the Colt's going to end up uh, living on the ranch and running it after some brief struggles. Like at one point, they used their dad's power of attorney when he had a heart attack to buy the ranch and the dad flipped out. But then uh, Colt got some money from Abby's mom that Abby secretly gave, that Abby's mom secretly gave to her and basically said, don't tell anybody I gave you this. And he didn't ask for the money. She demanded to give it to him because she wanted to make sure Abby was okay. And it saved everything. So, and of course, you know, Colt went a long time without uh, being able to tell anyone about that until Abby's dad found out who hates Colt. And, and you see the struggle with 
uh, Colt trying to convince Abby's parents that he's not the same guy that he was before. That he wasn't the troublemaker or the irresponsible high school kid that he's grown up. And that's one of the big struggles about this is his redemption and all of that. But also, Wilmer Valderrama, Fez, is in this one. He plays Umberto, who is a basically an illegal... Uh, immigrant they find out who ends up getting deported after Rooster gets into a bar fight <laughs> and they all get arrested because obviously Colt jumped in to save him and Umberto jumped in to save him so they end up getting split up so they end up all getting arrested they find out he's illegal and they decide to deport him which obviously pisses off Colt and Rooster because they love Umberto but he doesn't hold any ill will towards them now of course uh, at the time of all this Rooster gets put in charge uh, out of a ranch in Newman's Hill and eventually gets fired because he's an irresponsible piece of shit who doesn't like following rules who doesn't like being told what to do even though he is an expert rancher he doesn't understand there's a big difference between working for a corporate company and working for yourself like when you're working a family business or your own business you can make your own rules when you work for a company you gotta follow corporate policies and corporate regulations or you get fired so ultimately that's what happens to rooster and he ends up, you know, and that's another thing that causes estrangement between the families. And, of course, uh, Colt with the whole Peterson Ranch thing. It's just a big war between Colt and his dad that goes back to everything. Like, it's like no matter what happens, Colt's, he can, Colt struggles to get his father to accept him. And that is the biggest, they always fight over everything because... You know, Colt wanted to be a football player and his dad didn't 100% support that. And you see all these arguments and stuff or the fact that his dad was constantly tough on him and his dad said, I did it to make you better. And Colt said, well, did it work? Am I better? And then they just have this big argument. And then at the end, and then it's like the last like the season finale or like the mid-season finale is when Colt's dad finally, you know, apologizes. Bo finally apologizes to Colt for everything and tells him to run that Peterson ranch and, you know, do the right thing. So you see that struggle and that story between them. And you see a lot of times where Colt and Rooster get in trouble and they deserve it. Then you see a lot of times where Bo just overreacts and you see both sides of that, where Bo is justified in his anger and not justified in his anger. And of course they, you know, he talks about about his love for Ronald Reagan and how he hates Bill Clinton and you know there's at least one Trump joke in there but it's actually kind of funny so you don't really get too upset about it it's not you know overly political but it's also great also if you're a Democrat you're not gonna like this show because they definitely make fun of the Democrats on here and then of course there's a Joanne played by Kathy Baker who becomes a Bo's girlfriend who plays a major role in this show and it's kind of funny because you know Bo isn't it was with Maggie, and Maggie decides she wants to get a divorce because she's, you know, she figures her and Bo are adults now. They're not happy together, or at least Maggie's not happy. And Bo finally caving in and giving her the divorce is a big deal. And there's just so many great, great stories throughout this. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, Peter's the, the rivalry between Peterson and Bo that goes all the way back. And then how they have this big argument, but then they apologize for not being there for each other in their time of need over a stupid rivalry that involved a, you know, property line and shit. And then, of course, there's this uh, pipeline that was supposed to come in and give them all this money, but these protesters, you know, ended up causing them to cancel, and Maggie was part of the protest, which causes another rift in the family, and everything just... You see this family go through their ups and downs, and, you know, if you're in a dysfunctional family, you can relate. If you're not in a dysfunctional family, you get to see a real one close up. By the way, if your family's not a little bit dysfunctional, something mental, 
you got the creepy family. It's all I gotta fucking say about that. I've never met a family that wasn't dysfunctional, at least on some level. And, of course, there's a lot of great cameo appearances. Like, John Amos is in there, who plays a longtime family friend. He's a Newman's Hill employee. Uh, of course, uh, Deborah Jo Rupp is Abby's mother. As I mentioned before, she's... That's Kitty. Uh, Martin Mull, who's a very funny actor. He plays uh, the lawyer, the acid-tripping attorney, who's fucking hilarious. And then, of course, there's a lot of other crazy things that happen throughout the show, like a Colt, you know, hooks up with this random girl, Heather, and she gets pregnant, so now Colt has to juggle between the rekindled relationship with Abby and Heather getting pregnant, and then something happens and Heather loses the baby, and Colt goes into this, like, deep depression where uh, he can't think straight, and the thing that makes him feel the worst is the fact that he felt this sigh of relief, and it made him feel like a shitty person, because he's definitely a pro-life kind of guy and didn't want that to happen so just fucked with him emotionally and then of course when he has the baby girl with Abby you know or finds out she's pregnant he couldn't be happier and they end up getting married on a football field which is crazy because this big wildfire breaks out so they gotta get you know there's all their bags packed and get the hell up out of there and you know because otherwise it's gonna you know burn everything down so they're spraying everything with water and they find a generator and use that but of course there was a generator that roosted stole from Newman's Hill and Colt tries to ditch it and gets in trouble and you know he convinces they convince Newman's Hill to drop the charges because Newman's Hill uses the Iron River Ranch to put some cattle through and you know pays them for the expenses and just all these crazy moments that make the ranch fun and the fact that they you know are able to you know, get out of these crazy situations, but always be there in the hard times. It definitely shows working class family struggle, which is fantastic. And another great relationship in here is Rooster ends up hooking up with Heather's mom, who has a very dysfunctional family because all the girls live with her and Heather doesn't have any kids, but Darlene has a ton with like a bunch of baby daddies. And so Rooster's hooking up with the mom, who is hilarious. Until she gets, they eventually break up and she gets back together with her ex, Nick, who is a fucking psychopath who finds out about their relationship. Like Rooster tries to be funny and sarcastic. That's who Danny Masterson is, but Nick is not laughing. And when Nick finds out that they slept together, he basically threatens to kill Rooster. And what's funny about this is you can see that in Rooster's eyes, he actually has a little bit of fear about Nick. Cause he realizes how fucking crazy he is and he tries to act tough. But in this case, he's really not tough. And basically the whole thing ends with Nick showing up to Rooster's cabin because he ends up moving into the cabin after him and his dad stop getting along for a while. So the mom who gets the cabin in the divorce gives it to Rooster to stay in. So he's in the state. He's been staying in that cabin. Nick shows up and basically tell, gives him a pack, or showed up at his house, packed his bag and said, you can disappear or I can kill you. And he basically tells him, leave town or you're dead. And here, and then of course, as he's leaving, the guy says, if you tell anybody, I'll start with your family. And that's how the whole show ends. Rooster just disappears. And the only reason Rooster left is because of the controversy surrounding Danny Masterson. Because apparently Danny Masterson is one of many celebrities who has become accused of sex sexual misconduct. Basically, he's been accused of rape and sexual assault. Uh, now, apparently, there's a lot of different stories floating around about this. Some are, there are cases that have happened recently, and they're trying to build a case against him. There are some that happened 16 years ago that were proven to be, that actually the police investigated them and found out that they were false. 
and untrue, but apparently there was one last year where someone came forward, and now they're trying to build a case against that. So now there's all these rumors circulating. Now, not one shred of evidence has been brought forward to say that Danny Masterson committed any of this. There's no proof, but because of the bad PR, and only because of the bad PR, Netflix decided to fire Danny Masterson. But, Unlike what they did with Kevin Spacey, where he was fired and they completely reshot the final season and of House of Cards and then put it out there, they aired part five with Danny Masterson on it. So part six that comes out this Friday, there is no Danny Masterson on this particular um, show, on this episode, on this next ten episodes, and obviously in season four he won't be back there either. So right now there's no Rooster. Rooster's gone which obviously is pissing off a lot of people because Rooster was a great character on the ranch. But here's interesting enough, a lot of the protesters still gave Netflix shit because they felt it wasn't enough. First of all, they hated the fact that they aired the episodes with Danny Masterson. And second of all, they don't like the fact that they left open a cliffhanging possibility that Rooster could one day return to the show. And a lot of people asked this question, and I think it's a good one. They said, why is Danny Masterson getting treated differently from people like Bill Cosby and Kevin Spacey who have been accused of rape. And I'll give you the reason why. I'll tell you exactly why. Because the difference between Danny Masterson's case and the cases of Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby were convicted. That's the difference. Bill Cosby has been tried and convicted of rape. He's been sentenced to three to ten years in prison for what he did, for the rape that he committed. Now, does that mean that all 60 women were telling the truth? Hell no. But there was enough telling the truth to finally get justice. And the ones who were telling the truth, I am glad that justice has been served for you. And I apologize for ever doubting it in the first place. Because I'll admit, I thought he was innocent. Turns out I was wrong. So I apologize to, you know, the victims of Bill Cosby, who, the actual victims of Bill Cosby. To, the, to anybody that was actually raped by Bill Cosby, I apologize for not believing it in the first place. But I believe in innocent until proven guilty. He was proven guilty, so you have it. To the ones who lied, you're scum. To the women who, and there are women that have been proven that they lied, that they were wrong about Bill Cosby raping them, and those women are scum. But the ones who actually were raped, I feel bad for, I, I apologize for not believing them. They were right. And as for Kevin Spacey, he sort of confessed to his. He even tried to cover it up by, co- by, by coming out of the closet, which was a very dumb move. But here's the one thing about Kevin Spacey that I found the most interesting. They were so outraged at Kevin Spacey, they canceled his last run on the final season of House of Cards and reshot the whole, reshot, rewrote, practically did the whole damn thing, killed off his character. Yet, when they put out new movies for Netflix, two of the movies that they're putting out are American Beauty and Pay It Forward. Two movies directly starring Kevin Spacey. So, explain to me why you would cut out him on House of Cards, but put his movies in rotation. Because I know there's nothing Cosby related. Hell, there's nothing Louis C.K. related. And all he did was jerk off. And all he did was pleasure himself. He never actually touched anyone. Don't get me wrong. I still think Louis C.K. is a scumbag for doing that. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with people protesting him. I'm just saying, you know, I just think that's weird. If we're going to really get rid of Kevin Spacey, get rid of everything Kevin Spacey. Even though I like American Beauty, I think it's a great movie. Still, if you're going to be fair, do it across the board. I mean, the only movie you can see Louis C.K. in is Blue Jasmine. 
That's the only Louis C.K. thing on Netflix right now. His TV show's gone. His Netflix special, his specials are gone. Everything's gone. But that's the difference. Those two were convicted. Danny Masterson has not been convicted of a crime. He's been accused. There's no evidence. And with no evidence, there's no case. I know that's a mean thing to say, but it's the truth. I am not one of those, I'm not one of those people that believes you can just point at somebody, accuse them of a crime, and expect everybody to just fall in line and agree with you. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Especially when, contrary to what the media might tell you, it is possible for women to lie about shit like this. It's been proven in the past that women have lied about shit like this. It's the truth. Don't believe me? Ask Enzo Amore. A woman accused him of rape. Enzo Amore lost his job at WWE over it because he didn't, that was mostly because he failed to tell WWE he was even under investigation amidst other things. But it was proven. There was evidence brought forward from, a, from an old friend of hers that showed she lied. Enzo Amore was exonerated. Turns out, not true. Hell, this is San Francisco 49ers. I saw an article recently about a woman who was married to a San Francisco 49er. Recently found out she lied about domestic violence. Still want to tell me women don't lie? Now, I'm not saying that all women who make accusations like this are lying. I'm just saying it's possible. To tell me they never lie about shit like this is a bunch of, is a bunch of tree-hugging hippie crap. And I, and I will say this. Unless you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Danny Masterson committed this crime... I believe he's innocent and should not have been fired from this show. And if it is proven, now, if we find out that he did in fact do all this, then obviously everything I'm saying right now about Danny Masterson is bullshit. And Netflix had every right to fire him. And Danny Masterson has every right to rot in hell for the rest of his life, rot in a jail cell where he can get raped by prisoners. But if it turns out he didn't do this, then hopefully there's a way for him to be written back into the show before it ever gets canceled. Hopefully, if there's a season five and he's proven innocent before that fifth season gets filmed or even approved, then hopefully in season five, we can see a return from Rooster. Maybe he has a showdown with Nick. Maybe either has him arrested or kills him. And hopefully he gets back together with Mary. Because I thought they made a great couple. They were funny. They were entertaining. You could tell they cared about each other. It was one of the rare moments where Rooster was vulnerable other than that confrontation with Nick. And to be honest, he was a very funny part of that show. And now obviously Dax Shepard is coming in and he's going to replace that role. Now obviously Dax Shepard's not being cast as Rooster. He's going to play a completely different role. But I think he's going to be coming in to help Colt run the Peterson Ranch since obviously Rooster will not be there with him. And I'm going to be intrigued to see how that works in part six. But I do think it's bullshit that Danny Masterson is losing this opportunity over crime that may not even be, exist. And I don't mean exist like in general, but in his case, not even exist. For, for a crime, he never committed. And if he's proven innocent, then I think the women who are accusing him should be put to jail. Because I will say this right now, and I don't care if anybody finds it offensive, I think the one thing on this planet that is worse than committing rape or even child molestation is someone who would lie about being raped or, child, or, or molested as a child. That's the one thing that is worse than those crimes. Because to go that far to destroy someone's life is sick, it's twisted, it's demented, it is heartless on a level I can't even imagine. So time will tell where Denny Masterson stands, but until he is proven guilty, I believe he's innocent. And the fact that he is not part of the ranch is bullshit. Alright, and I think that's about all I'm going to have to say really about the ranch. Um, I will say if you, if you love dysfunctional families, if you're a fan of that 70s show and 
You know, if you just love to laugh in general, The Ranch is definitely a show that you want to see because the acting in this is superb. These guys, these this cast is so well put together that they take you on an emotional roller coaster ride. Everybody that you see in this show will make you laugh, will make you cry, and at times will even make you angry. I think this is the best acting I've seen out of everyone on this cast. Because I'm used to Sam Elliott being a badass. I'm not used to seeing him vulnerable, especially with the heart attack incident. You know, Deborah Winger, I know a little bit about her, but she's great in this. And Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson, their chemistry was off the charts. Now, I will say this. If you're looking for someone to play off Ashton Kutcher, Dax Shepard would be the next best thing to pick. Um, I am intrigued to see, though, if we're going to see any of the other That 70s Show cast show up. Like... Obviously, Ashton's still married to Mila Kunis, as far as I know. So I'm hoping to see her pop up a little bit on this show. Also, of course, uh, Donna. I'm hoping to see her show up on the show. And, of course, Eric Foreman has got to be on this show as well. And who knows? Maybe the actress who played Lori will see her show up here on the show. I'd like, I'd like to see more That 70s Show cameos. In fact, one of the things I hated about... Some of the That 70s Show cameos was the fact that we never saw any crazy catchphrases. I do know at some point we did see some kind of, like, parody of The Circle, where they all got together and smoked weed. But I never really saw anything like, I was waiting for, like, you know, the rooster to say something about, like, a car that runs on water. Or, you know, or Colt to have, like, a Kelso moment. Or at some point, Umberto gets in an argument and does the whole, good day. I said good day! You know, I would have loved to have seen that. Obviously, with, um, with, uh, with, um, you know, uh, Maggie, with uh, Abby's mom, we obviously saw, you know, her drinking a lot, so that played into Kitty. But I was waiting for, um, Peterson at one point to go, dumbass, like something like that, or to do something about putting his foot in someone's ass, which is what Red Foreman was known for doing. I mean, I'm not saying they had to do it all the time, don't make a habit of it. But if they did it at least one time, give us that one little bit of a nostalgia pop, would have been great. So I'm hoping to see more of that 70s show cameos. And if Umberto is able to come back, I hope he does do the Fez, you know, impression a little bit. Like, I like I like seeing a little bit of a nostalgia thing. Because when people cheered when they came in, that's all they're thinking in that moment is that 70s show. So kind of, you know, give them a bit of a nostalgia and then move back into the show. I think that would have made it a lot more fun, would have been a lot more entertaining, and people would have been on more on the edge of their seat for those scenes. But either way, it was still a fantastic uh, experience to enjoy the ranch. I'm loving it. I never thought I would like a show like this, but turns out that I do. And I'm definitely looking forward to part six on Friday. And I highly recommend that you guys watch all of the ranch. Because like I said, if you just start with part six, you're not going to be able to understand it all. But, you know, with with the five parts, you'll be able to get a lot of it. Basically, the gist is a uh, cult's up and down relationships Ultimately, him and Abby get together and manage to get married, and they're expecting a baby girl, so that's a great moment there. Uh, Colt getting the parents to accept him is another big one. At one point, they actually tried to offer him a job at John Deere, where um, the dad works, which is another thing I liked about the show, was the John Deere experience, because uh, personally... I used to work for John Deere uh, back in the day. In fact, um, in 2006, in the summer of 2006, I actually went and got a summer job at John Deere Landscapes. 
and I worked as a yard laborer for the summer. I was basically stacking cinder blocks, loading and unloading delivery trucks, you know, tying burlap around certain trees, and I did that job for a good couple months, and I got a weekly paycheck, made a lot of good money, and um, it was a fun experience, and I remember I left to go back to school, because I only worked in summer, and I worked like five days a week, so I was doing Monday through Friday, I had the weekends off, I was working seven to four every day, I would get there at seven in the morning, I'd be done by four o'clock, and basically I worked that job and it was, it was, it was fun. You know, I wasn't dealing with a lot of customers and we had at least two breaks during the day. Each were like, you know, 30 minutes. So it was a lot of fun, but I worked there for the summer and then I left. And then after I was, after I, I went back to school, I came back the following year to come back to work again. But unfortunately, the guy that hired me was no longer in charge of hiring temporary labor. And they decided not, and the guy who was decided not to bring me back, even though he heard nothing but great things about me. And he said the reason was because they were only hiring part-time or full-time people. And at the time, I was not looking to do part-time work. I didn't want to juggle school and a job. I didn't want to do it. So ultimately, I left John Deere after that. And then that's how I ended up working at Home Depot because they would they would only make me work the weekends during school. And then the summer, I would work every day till I graduated and end up working in there every day. And I don't want to get into that story. But... <laughs> Uh, ultimately I remember when I, the time I worked at John Deere and it was a lot of fun. So it kind of took me back there as well. So there's a lot of stuff in this show I could relate to. And the, I have to say the one thing that I can relate to the most when it comes to the ranch is the father son arguing between Bo Bennett and Colt Bennett, you know, Colt constantly struggling to get his dad to, you know, approve of him and accept him and the constant arguing back and forth and Bo constantly criticizing everything Colt does. And Colt making stupid mistakes that causes Bo to get angry with him. And then finally they have that breakdown moment where Colt realizes his dad was right about a lot of things. And Bo realizing that his parenting methods didn't always work. But it was what he knew because that's how his father raised him. And then Bo, you know, on that last episode of part five starting to kind of have that moment where he realizes he needs to trust Colt more. And, you know, you know, approve of some things. I could definitely relate to that because you know my dad and I have a great relationship now but there was a period of time where we were constantly at odds and we were constantly arguing and I felt like no matter what I said or did he just had to be my dad just had to be right about everything and then finally just saying fuck it I don't care anymore but um and of course my dad over time he's you know been able to talk to me a lot more and you know has learned you know some of his parenting methods a lot of them worked a lot of them didn't work and you know I've learned that you know sometimes I deserved a lot of the uh you know verbal and physical disciplines that I got and I know there were some that I didn't and you know it's made my dad and I's relationship a million times better and I think that going into part six we're gonna see Colt and Bo's relationship get a hell of a lot better and improve as well so that was something I definitely took away from the ranch whenever I would see the father-son arguments I was like yep that is me and my dad most definitely. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, things are great between me and my dad now, so I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing my dad because I'm not. My dad is awesome, and like I said, we get along great today. Um, so I just I just really felt that in the ranch. When I saw Bo, you know, have that moment where he's talking to Colt and he's in tears, like, you know, that was something relatable. Although my dad never talked to me when he was in tears, but it's I could still feel the uh, emotion of it, you know, and of course the times where Colt just just finally breaking down and saying how tired he is of not getting that approval. I've Lord knows I've been there and just I I could relate a lot to those father-son interactions. I thought they were fantastic. So it was great acting. It drew me in and that is something that, you know, I, I like to see improve more in part six and maybe I can relate to it a billion times better. Especially when Colt was chasing his dream of being a football player. I'm chasing my dream of uh, being a comedian. The only difference is Colt was ready to stop playing football and become a full-time, you know, rancher, realizing he's damn good at it once he got the hang of it. Me, I'm not quitting my dream. That's the difference. I'm not, you know, going to stop pursuing that dream of being in entertainment, being a comedian. Uh, I plan to chase that till the day I die. That's just the way I am. I'm going to, I am going to make it as an entertainer or die trying. That is just how I am. But overall, The Ranch is a fantastic show on Netflix. And if you haven't watched it already, I highly recommend you start checking it out. But right now, this will wrap up the first five parts of The Ranch. Uh, We're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we'll get into part six of The Ranch here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, uh, we played the song The Rooster by Alice in Chains, and... Yes, we changed it up this time around. Uh, normally, I would play uh, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys, like I did last time when I talked but about But no, this is better. Well, this is better for a reason, because this, this here on the Boochcast, we're about to discuss part six of The Ranch. Um, as you guys know, uh, The Ranch is a big is a show that I've been watching on Netflix that I'm a huge fan of. I talked about parts one through five on the episode "Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys," which is becoming one of the highest downloaded episodes that we have. So thank you, people, for being great. Yes, and of course, this is a, this is also one of the rare shows I actually watch with my mom. My mom's a big fan of The Ranch, um, and of course, Gator recently became a fan of The Ranch, so we had him talk briefly about it on a previous episode. Can't remember which episode it was though. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. You weren't in that. Was it in that one too? Yes, I was in that one. Oh yeah, I forgot. You were in that one. That's right. So we did I was in one. that one because there was a certain incident that I have become infamous for. Yes. In that damn episode. Yeah, that was the impromptu thing? That was the... <laughs> no, that was the one right before it. Oh, right. Okay, okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of before, things... Before I lost my goddamn mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot like this episode. Yeah, so I, I kind of <laughs> had an idea of, of what you're talking about there. And, of course, um, so I'll, I'll yeah, look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, that's gotta... very sinful. I apologize. Yes, that was, that was not up to par, son. And no, of course, and of course, so the one I'm talking about, I'm try- yeah, Mama, don't let your babies go out to be cowboys. Uh, yeah, oh, I remember. This is the one where Gator was a little drunk. So exactly, I was a little drunk. This is the first time he was ever drunk on the Boochcats, like, severely. I mean, yeah, but now I'm drunk now, so it's going to be a great show. Oh, God. So anyway. Oh, um, yes, intoxication. Yes, and also, uh, we talked about something else on that episode. Uh, I'll talk briefly about it right now. I sent Gator a message about this before, so I'm hoping he knows what I'm talking about, but on the Breaking Kayfabe segment, we talked about, and I'm going to say this briefly, the boxing match between Logan Paul and KSI, and we have just received word that there's going to be, the rematch is going to happen in November, and this time, it's a legit boxing match. There's no headgear, so it's going to be under strict, under boxing rules. It's They're going pro for this one. It will be Logan Paul, That's KSI. Great. I'm down for that. Let them beat the fuck out of each other. Yes. So you know have... what? Better yet, let me beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gator. No, I'm serious, because he talked all that shit. I'm sorry. Fuck Logan Paul. He talked all that shit, you damn suicide bastard motherfucker. Come on, come get you some Gator, you bitch. Step in a ring with me, you motherfucker. Yeah, Gator's not a fan of Logan Paul. No, I'm not. I hope he gets his ass kicked. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll find out. November 9th is the day of the Okay, I knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, it'll happen November 9th, and uh, there'll be more information on that coming soon. But anyway, so that's on the episode, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. Mama, don't let your baby grow up to be an internet piece of shit. Some of them, it's too late. But anyway, we're talking today about part six of The Ranch, and we have this out as a spe- part of the special episode that we're doing this week because, um, as you guys know, uh, I did a little promo beforehand about the stuff you can expect to see on the upcoming season of The Boochcast. But while I was putting everything together, I discovered that part seven of The Ranch comes out at the time you're listening to this, this coming Friday, Friday the 13th, ironically, uh, on Netflix, part seven comes out. 
And the Boots cast is not scheduled to make its official return until the following Monday, September 16th. So, I decided, you know what? I'm going to put this alongside the promo so that way you guys have an idea of what to expect on part seven of the ranch. I figured it was only fitting. Now, of course, and nudity. Lots and lots of nudity. Yes. And of course, um, you can also expect coming up, we're going to be talking about, we're going to combine seasons two and three of Glow and talk about that on a future episode. We're also going to be um, discussing, uh, we're going to be, uh, on the debut episode, you can expect this. I won't go into too much detail, but we, you can expect Toy Story to be part of Gator Ruins Your Childhood. It's going to be the first one that we do uh, coming back on the debut episode for the next upcoming uh, season we got going on, so you can expect that as well. So on that note, we're now going to jump into part six of The Ranch. And the reason I chose the song The Rooster was because, if you, for those of you who remember how part five ended, it was when Rooster uh, was confronted by, um, you know, X. And basically, she, her, her ex said, either you can disappear or I can make you disappear. And he said anything, he would start with his family. So Rooster leaped. And then they played the song by Allison Chains, The Rooster. Which my I thought was kids, my household pet. Bow, now, now, now. Army green, David no Okay. So anyway, we got that going on. And um, so yeah, so that happens. And now part six comes out and Rooster's gone. It's, it's disappeared. So that's where we start off with, you know, uh, Colts running the entire ranch by himself. They don't know where Rooster is. They're freaking out. So Rooster becomes an integral part of this show without even really being on there. And of course, for those of you who may not remember, the reason Rooster's not here was that Netflix had to write him off the series after they fired him due to the rape allegations that came out and caused a lot of controversy. This is right around the time when the Me Too movement was picking up steam and celebrities with a past, whether they were guilty of something or not, were dropping like flies from accusations. So, Danny Masterson was taken off the show. But they didn't want to completely kill the season, so they basically just took him out. Just wrote him off the show. And we start off with what we got here, The Ranch Part 6. And... What's interesting is that Colt basically can't let this go. He believes something was wrong with Rooster. He thinks that something bad has really happened. Everybody else just thinks he's off on some drunken bender somewhere, just hanging out, probably banging some random chicks, and he'll be home in no time. Side note, side note, side note, okay? Everybody thinks Rooster's just gone, but Colt knows something's wrong here, and he can feel it. Because Colt, for some reason, has some kind of attachment. Well, yeah, him and Rooster are brothers, and... Well, yeah, but it's more than that. It's like a feeling. I don't know how to call it. Yeah, and basically, so they go off. So now he goes here, and Rooster, there. so they're searching for answers. He confronts the ex. They get into a fight. They get arrested, and Colt is convinced this guy either killed Rooster or is involved in the disappearance. They find out later, he eventually admits to Mary that he just told him to leave town. But he wanted it. He wanted to kill Rooster, but he wasn't worth going to jail over. So basically, uh, Stan, you know, um, Bo scares the guy into leaving town because he's basically realizing you need to get the fuck out of here, and he's doing that to protect Colt from going to jail. So he scares the ex, and he leaves town. So he's gone. He gone. He. By the way, who the fuck is that that plays him? That plays the ex? Yeah, cause I've seen him in other shit. I uh, can't think of the name right now. Uh, he's a douche. 
He is definitely a douche. Um, yeah, Matt Strange's sister. Da, 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 da. I can't. I can't find his name anywhere of who who he plays. Who plays Mary's husband? But anyway, um, that dude's pretty much just leaves, and everything goes, you know, a little more smoothly after that. Except Colt's still trying to find his brother. But then, oh, no, no, no. Hey, hold on, we're forgetting a part. He leaves because. Bo comes over there with a shotgun. I didn't see a shotgun in his hand. Bo goes over there and says, get your ass out of here. I done lost one son because of you. I won't lose another. Yeah, and he says, I'm not afraid to spend the rest of my life in an 8x10 cell because I'm old. Yeah. And the, yeah, I mentioned that. Oh. I didn't go into that much detail, but I mentioned that. So he anyway, should have went in more detail. Oh, thank you. All right, so anyway, he, he leaves. So anyway, he leaves, and then Colt goes out looking for Rooster, trying to find clues. Well, then they discover they find his bike on the edge of this cliff that went off there, and there's a shirt missing, and there's blood. So now they're of the belief that Rooster is dead. And Colt doesn't want to believe it, but Maggie keeps trying to get him to accept it, and he breaks down. And, and in my opinion, when that scene where Ashton Kutcher breaks down in tears... He's like, Jeez. I've been away for 15 years. Things are just going right. This can't be happening. That is the best acting Ashton Kutcher has ever done. Side note, Gatorism, number one. I don't know what he did to get there, but goddamn if he didn't get, he got right into that. Like, that was perfect. Yeah, the, the acting from Ashton Kutcher was great. And I've seen a lot of Ashton Kutcher movies, and his acting was never that great in those other movies. That's the best acting he has ever done. Hands down, the best acting he has ever done. So anyway, he's at the funeral, and he, and he reads this letter that came in because they got the Bennett Brother Ranch sign that Rooster had sent for and then the, the letter saying yo man we did it and it was you know of course there were jokes thrown in there and then he had a shirt for, for the baby that said Rooster's kid because Rooster always, used to always joke about you know I'm really the father of the baby and everybody would laugh because it's Rooster you know and of course eventually the baby is born and that becomes another big moment because um uh, Lil Peyton for Pey Lil Peyton yes and I find you find out they're a Broncos they're Broncos fans which is another reason why I love this fucking show yeah that's kind of bullshit but anyway moving on fuck you the Broncos are a great team I don't give a fuck Mr. Bujarati you can go you can suck my fucking flaccid ass dick I don't give a fuck and no, 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 they're, they're greatness. So anyway. No, they're not, okay? They ain't been shit since since Peyton went to Nationwide and said, Nationwide is on your side. He's a songwriter now. Leave me out of this shit. Hey, they'll get back to glory. It's only a matter of time. But, you know, uh, anyway, so they're at a football game, and they're talking about, like, there's a scene where he goes, like, where they gotta go to the hospital, and she goes, well, we can just wait till after the coin toss, and he goes, I love you, while eating hot dogs. <laughs> And also, they get a chance to meet Peyton Manning after the uh, Peyton Manning, like after the game. Then, of course, they go to the hospital. They have the kid, and then there's all this controversy that surrounds this because now afterwards, um, uh, you know, Colt's having a hard time selling his herd, and he's making all these bad business decisions. Meanwhile, Bo decides to have Newman's Hill take over the day-to-day -day operation of the ranch, and he gets like a check, you know, for letting them use the property. And then he makes jokes like, "I'm sitting on my ass, and I'm getting paid. I feel like an honorary." Democrat. And I died. Yes. Sorry. Let me just let me just say something, Mr. Budrelli. Yeah. Say this again. Say this again so I can say my famous line. Alright. Um he's like, I've been sitting on I got I sat on my ass all day and got paid. I feel like an honorary Democrat. We're pissing off the liberals, the liberals, the liberals. <laughs> yes, we're pissing off the liberals. You can all go fuck yourself. Yep. That's what we do here on the Boochcast. Entertain, inform, and... Peace off, the liberals. Yep. 
Exactly. So, so now, and then of course, after all this, you know, and then him and his dad finally have this heart to heart argument where, and this is where Bo finally realizes that, you know, even though he was in a lot of cases, a very good dad and gave a lot of tough love, he did, it was, he was, it was too much tough and not enough real, not enough love. And then he realizes like, I remember this one emotional moment where Colt's talking about how he had this game that he won in a blowout. There was no, they, they wanted to blow out and they're carrying him off the field and he's got this like trophy and when they're in the parking lot, the only thing his dad could talk about the entire car trip was about the one interception that he threw and how nothing was ever good enough and Bo finally took that to heart and then finally said, you know, go run the ranch. You know, I'm not going to hire anybody else. It's, it's going to be yours and, you know, you do and, and I trust you to do it. And that's that serious moment until you get to the very end where Abby, in the midst of all this, does no idea what's going on with Colt. And then eventually she finds out that financially they're screwed. They're in trouble. And, you know, she gets into an argument with uh, Colt, and they start fighting. And, well, Abby does most of the yelling. Colt's just kind of sitting there trying to explain himself. But even though Colt got everything fixed, because in the midst of all this shit, and I'm going to get to this extra tidbit that I skipped over, for a reason, in a second, um, he kind of it kind of comes in. Next thing you know, him and Abby are fighting, and Abby says that even though everything's good now, the fact that he lied bothers her. And she said, "I can't have our daughter in a relationship where it's okay to be walked all over like this." And the end of the the end of the season, the end of this season is them separating. Which is bullshit. Like uh, sometimes children listen to your uncle good. Sometimes you gotta lie to keep from hurting the people that you love. Okay. Sometimes you gotta lie. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta lie. Like when the girl asks you, "How big's your dick?" Uh, six inches. You sure about that? Yes, it's six inches. You don't want to hurt the people that you love. Yeah, you know, also, you know, or like when they say, does this dress make me look fat? You don't even pause. You immediately say, nope. No, it does not. No, it does not. Even if it makes her look fat. Even if it does. Even though it clearly makes her look fat. You just say, nope. You know the answer to that shit. Sometimes you have to lie. But the problem is, sometimes, some women, some women, and I'll probably talk about this on a later episode, I don't want to get into it right now, but some women can't accept the little white lie and will drag and will pull the truth out of you like they're exercising a demon from your fucking body and then you gotta have another argument and somehow you become the asshole because you finally broke down and was fucking on it. Wait a minute, hold up. Make your booty ready. What? You okay, buddy? I'm fine. No. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Mr. Bujarelli, yes. hang on, hang on, viewers. I'm gonna try to be a good friend. Here we go, Mr. Bujarelli. Yes. Are you okay? Yes, I am fine. You sure? Tune you in sure? this season to the Boochcast. It's almost safe for now. Um, so Abby and Cole are separating, and Gator, you said that was bullshit? Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Like, how much longer are they going to drag out the whole Abby and Colt being mad at each other? I mean, come on, let's get past this and come up with a better storyline at this point. Why do we need this crap? And, you know, I just feel like this this aspect of the story is unnecessary. No, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just like, sometimes in life you got to tell a white lie. Yeah, I mean, you Okay, if, if sometimes you have truth, to tell a lie when you're in a relationship. Yes. Like, it, like when she looks at you and goes, no, baby, it really is the biggest I've ever had. Or, you know, when um that other shit that you said that you cut out that I can't remember currently. Yeah, 
we're gonna worry about that later. So anyway, but no, no, we're we, not. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it now. No, I didn't cut all that stuff out. I only cut out some. I cut out something different. I didn't cut all that stuff out. I'm getting. Oh, you cut out the part where I talked about the other thing. We'll worry about that later. Yeah, but anyway. You I'm, talked about the part where I was not supposed to make fun of the dead. Yes, that's what I cut. I out. apologize for that. I wasn't supposed to make fun of the dead. No, and uh, I cut out a few things before that, but not too much. So anyway. Uh, shut up. Oh, sorry. So anyway. I said Leslie. It's okay. Sometimes you say the wrong name in bed, Mr. Bidrell. Really it happens. Yes, it, it is a bad thing. But in the I midst said, of all... I said Leslie, okay? I was, I'm laying in bed. I'm in bed. Technically, I said the wrong name. It happens. All right. Thank you. Now, can we get back on track now? Fuck no. Oh, damn it. Okay. So, in the midst of all this, in the midst of this season, we have... Since they, they decided, okay, Danny Masterson is no longer in this show. They so they bring in the shitty. They bring in Dax Shepard. The shitty. Who plays Luke Matthews, who's the son of Bo's late brother, Greg. So the shitty. He's kind of like a nephew. And he, is a, he is a nephew, technically. Yes, and basically, at That's first, at first no, but a- Ashley doesn't like him because they find out later Dax has PTSD. And... Right. And he basically, um, you know, gets set off by things easily, and he's telling this emotional story by a campfire with Bo about all the horrible things he saw because he was deployed in Iraq. And you know, can we can we can we stop for a second? Because Bo says the greatest line ever in this in this particular um season. What's he say? Okay, so they're talking about the grandbaby. Yeah. Okay, and Bo gets, says, "I want to be called Pop Pop because that's the sound you hear at a gun range." Yes. <laughs> I forgot about and I that. I love that. That's great. I want to be called Pop Pop. Yes. <laughs> so that's great. And then, of course... I'm, so, uh, I'm sorry. I just like that one line. Oh, no. It's great. And then, of course, Bo's trying to help him, but Luke clearly doesn't want the help, and Luke is big Jack, fight. Luke is Jack Shepard because then he keeps interchangeably using their names. Yes. So eventually, then of course, then of course, Luke hooks up with Mary, not knowing that she's related to the Bennetts, and then realizes crap. She's having sex with this guy and everything, and then Ashley. Crap! She's the fuck rooster. Yeah, now she's fucking this this guy, and then Luke and Luke and Colt start having you know arguments back and forth, but eventually they start to become friends, and Luke decides to invest in the ranch and become a partner with uh, Colt. But then eventually, the more he starts to fall for Mary, the more the more Colt's not involved in it because he he blames Mary still for Rooster's death because the fact they were they were having an affair is part of the reason why the ex wanted to have him killed. So then eventually uh, the, it ends with uh, Luke and Mary deciding to run off together and they're basically going to run away and get the hell out of town because nobody likes them. Because everybody's because everybody's looking at Mary differently, not just because of what happened with, with uh, Rooster, but also the fact that she has a drug problem and she's stealing pills and shit and making a lot of dumb mistakes and and she's a hoe and she's a hoe. So they're doing she's a she's a hoe. She's she's a hoe. <laughs> yes. And wait a minute, where's my button? Where's my button? She's a hoe. Gator, we don't have buttons on the show anymore. We should have buttons. We can't. We don't have the software yeah, because, anymore. We're not because on we don't have good fucking software. We're not on Blog Talk anymore. We don't. Do we should be back on Blog Talk. We can't. Well, yeah, because they cost too much money. That that and also you have to commit you have to commit to a time slot which we can't do with our jobs. 
Yep, that is a major reason why we left Blog Talk Radio. We couldn't commit to a time slot because uh, Gator and I went through some job changes at the time, and we just couldn't commit to a regular time slot, which is why we went back to taping the shows in advance. But that was our review of Part 6 of The Ranch, and we're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll get into Part 7 of The Ranch here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song The Devil is Alive and Well by Brad Paisley. And of course, I chose this song because one thing about the ranch is that, and I think I might have mentioned this before, but just in case I'll refresh everyone's memory, a lot of these episode titles are based off of country songs. And Brad Paisley was the main focus of part seven of The Ranch. And The Devil's Alive and Well was the title of episode six, which we'll talk more about what episode six is about a little bit later. Now, for those of you who may not know, this song basically touches on issues of crime, terrorism, and evil in general. Paisley expresses that evil cannot be avoided, and no matter wherever you look, there is something bad happening. He also explains that whatever your beliefs are, it can be unanimously agreed that the devil is at work on Earth. Paisley makes subtle references to specific events that have occurred over the past few years at the time that the song was written of course and the false reasons that people use to justify their heinous acts he ends the third verse with a positive message that god is love so that's basically where the inspiration for this song came from and before we jump into this uh part seven review i need to preface a few things before we jump in um as i mentioned before uh, in the opener uh the audio obviously sounds different this is a compilation of older episodes that we've recorded from years back well in this particular episode Gator was recording from his car and Gator used to do this thing where eventually I got him to stop doing it where he would put me on the Bluetooth in his car which always caused a problem because every time I would speak there would sound like there's a delayed echo of my voice coming in now in the beginning I didn't quite notice it and also I didn't have the experience at the time to be able to figure out the problem and cut it out so you may hear some weird audio things during this particular review I apologize apologize in advance. Um, like I said, I didn't know or understand it at the time. So that's a little grainy in that regard. But you can still hear me and you can still hear Gator. It's just that with my voice, there might be a bit of an, a delay or an echo because of Gator's Bluetooth in his truck. So I just wanted to make that aware. I did make some adjustments so it won't blow your eardrums. But just know if you hear me talk and then you hear a subtle talk after that, that is me on Gator's Bluetooth. Since that time, we have gotten rid of that. He doesn't really record much from inside his car anymore but with the way Gator's schedule was sometimes in order to get an episode out he had to do it while he was on the road driving because back then Gator and I had different jobs than we have today Gator was still in the propane and propane accessories business and I was still in the world of retail I believe Yes, I think I was still working at Lowe's at the time that we recorded this episode. So that might be what I meant by before about how we have our jobs so we can't commit to time slots and blah talk and all of that. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up before we jump into this part seven review of The Ranch. And that was Brad Paisley with The Devil is Alive and Well here on the Boochcast. So now, ladies and gentlemen, for your uh, listening pleasure, we're going to review part seven of The Ranch in preparation for part eight, which is going to air, as I said, this Friday, streaming on Netflix. And as we all know, when we last left the story, you know, uh, we had basically Colt and Abby were officially were separating because Abby was mad that Colt lied about not being able to get the herd on time and everything and Abby feels like she can no longer trust Colt. So we kick things off with uh, basically Peterson's cancer is in remission and he returns to find Colt rebuilding after the fire that pretty much burned down the Peterson ranch. Uh, so we have that going on. Meanwhile, Luke and Mary who decide to run away together get married in Vegas. In Vegas. And they basically go on a drinking and drugs binge. Yes. They 
they go drinking and drugging. But here's the thing with Mary, okay? As you're going to find out later in the season, Mary continues to go down a dark path. A path that is dark. Thank you. Now, Abby, of course, is still asking Colt for space, so she's staying with her parents. But, of course, Colt is finding excuses to visit. He even put the decal on with the family, but the guy on one side and the wife on the other side giving her space, trying to be funny. Trying to be funny. He got her a van. Yeah. And Heather trains as a veterinarian technician, and he's shadowing Dale as he examines the cow cows and everything. Yeah, so yeah. Everybody can... remembers Heather is the whore from... Uh, part two or three? Yes, she's the girl that was briefly hooking up with Colt, and then they got pregnant, and was, Colt was about to have Heather's baby. Yes, and then she loses it. Yes, and then... She loses the baby. Yes, and Colt went through a major depression and everything, and... She's also married daughter. Yes, and Dale now reports that Colt's bull is incapable of impregnating the cow, so the, the bull is shooting blanks. Leaving Colt stored of cash with no way to increase his herd. So Colt declines Heather's request for help finding her mother and Luke, because Colt wants nothing to do with them since he blames Mary for Rooster's death. And they uh, killed the whole thing with Newman Tail. Lisa's a bitch. Yes. Like most Lisa's are. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, uptight, wanna know where y'all, what you doing. Hey, just like Lisa Newman to be like that. I'm just saying. Yeah. She's uh, she's very much so like that. Lisa Newman just wanted to know where you was, what you was doing. You know. She always wanted her bulls to produce. Absolutely, yes. She was always but yeah. didn't want to pay for the bulls, but I always wanted them to produce. Exactly. You know. Mm -hmm. Sex, sex, sex. They wanted it to produce. Sex, sex, sex. That's all she wanted. Sex, 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 sex. Mr. Bridgelli. Sex, 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 sex. Right, Mr. Bridgelli? Sex, sex, sex. Exactly. They wanted the bulls to go multiple rounds at multiple times. And, you know. And she they... even fucked up, too. When she was down there at her ranch. She down there at her ranch. She doing her things. And she even got the fucking uh, insemination prophylactic device stuck in the fucking cooter in the bitch. It got... <laughs> okay, now we're giving way too much information at this point. They had, to, they had to use two pins to get it out. It was bad. I'm not commenting on anything further. The following statements belong to that of Gator Ricky Ross and do not affect the boots or his affiliates. Yeah, but anyway, she had to get pins and it was bad. It, it was very bad, so... It was bad. But Lisa right now is mostly arguing with Bull. Bo, sorry. Yes, 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 we know. That's what happens when you get a prophylactic device stuck in your fucking cooter. Yes, that is, that is part of it. Um, prophylactic device stuck in cooter, bitch. Alright, we got it, we got it. We, we got it. We got it. Okay, so Lisa Newman argues with Bo about the management of his ranch, which is now part of Newman's Hill. So Bo's kind of like, you know, basically kicking back, relaxing, because Lisa's basically taking over the hill for the most but, part. But Bo's starting to see that his son can't get a break. Yes. And what does Bo do? We'll find out later. Oh, yeah. So oh, basically, um, Colt attempts to purchase the bull from Lisa. She refuses to sell. Bo tells Dale Newman's Hill requires him to use a different veterinarian, but Dale tells Bo their friendship will continue, so basically Newman's kicking Dale out, which is pissing Bo off even more. Uh, 
And now Abby informs Colt she rented an apartment closer to her work. So she's now basically in Denver 90% of the time. Colt, yes. Colt denies these accusations that he stole a bull from her. Which he didn't steal the bull. It got let out by... Dun, da, 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 yes, basically there was an open gate between his father's ranch and his, which allowed a bull to get onto Colt's property. And Bo unconvincingly denies that he left the gate open, but expresses happiness that Colt has finally had something good happen. Because he's realizing, even though Colt has made his fair share of mistakes, he's actually trying. He's really, really trying. It's just that bad shit keeps happening. So Bo's like, I'm going to give my son a break and go, whoopsie, and lets him go get it. the fucking gate open! Yes. And so, and now, Abby begins to move into her new apartment. And then Luke all of a sudden calls to say he's in jail and Mary has overdosed and is hospitalized. Yes, because Mary won't put the fucking pills down. Yes. So Bo, Joanne, and Heather travel to Las Vegas to pick them up. Colt refuses to go. He has washed his hands of the whole damn thing. Yes. So Bo posts Luke's bail, but refuses to listen to his explanation. And says to him, the only reason that I'm doing this because you're my brother's kid. Exactly. But you got Bennett blood in you because at least you're fucking up. <laughs> and Mary disregards the doctor's advice and leaves the hospital. Luke returns to Colt's ranch, but Colt refuses to take him back as a partner. Which, I, you know, on the one hand, I understand completely. On the other hand, Colt really needs that fucking money. So, he's really letting his pride get in the way. But I understand. Colt plans to sell some cows generate enough cash to keep his ranch operating throughout the winter. Luke repays and says he will attend Veterans Administration sponsored counseling, but Bo basically stops. Like, he's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And he never believed it because he never seen it. Exactly. Because he offered to take him, but he, he refused to go. Because that was one of the things that happened. Realized Luke had PTSD. And Bo was very sympathetic to it because it's a serious thing. It is a serious thing, seriously. It yeah. is serious. Yeah, that war soldiers go through. And, but at the same time, if you have the opportunity to get treatment for it, you should take it. So, Colt refuses Abby's request to attend a school book fair with her. Um, Mary returns home, and she and Luke discuss ending their quickie marriage, but agree to remain friends. So you're getting annoyed. Yep. Then she starts doing what most drug people do. She starts stealing. Yep. Stealing money and food money from her grandbabies, the bitch. Oh, yeah, that that gets horrible. Oh, yes, it's terrible. And Heather's like, my mama's dead, my mama's stealing money. And Mary's like, I'm not stealing money. But Heather's like, she's stealing money. And anyway, so Mary gets arrested, and she's sitting there in the cell, and Luke... And Heather, like, look, we're going to let you sit here. Exactly. Exactly. And then, ah, good old St. Motherfucking Nick. <laughs> yeah, we're jumping around at this point, but let's go. Let's just, why not? Well, I'm trying to do what I remember. Oh, yes, because Nick eventually comes back and bails Mary out, so now they're for pretty those, much... For those that don't remember, Nick is the guy that everyone blames Brewster's disappearance on. Well, yes, and the thing is this. He is to blame, and he's not to blame at the same time, because he... No. What's to blame is the f motherfuckers that got offended over Dave Masterson, but anyway. Uh, well, th that, that's true, yes. But who's to blame here. Yes, but, technically. Uh, because of the fact that he was accused of a crime and he was exonerated for the crime and everything else, but whatever. So, yeah, he just got caught in the Me Too crossfire. 
So, anyway, Nick basically told Rooster to disappear or he would kill him. But he didn't actually kill Rooster, he just scared him out of town. And Rooster crashed and died. So, he is to blame for Rooster's disappearance, but he's not to blame for the fact that he died. He didn't actually physically kill him. So anyway, Luke spends most of his remaining cash buying Colt's cows at the auction, restoring their ranching partnership. Luke then makes amends with Bo, then visits Mary and discovers she's still using drugs. And then Colt relents and attends Abby's book fair, and they discuss the status of their marriage. So Luke is starting to regain everyone's trust at this point. And so anyway, we then have issues like the only one issue where Luke makes a mistake while helping with artificial insemination. And they have an issue, and they have a back and forth. Mary then asks Luke for help making overdue mortgage payments, and that's when they find out that she's spending the money on drugs. On the drugs! Bo offers to help on Colt's ranch, basically becoming his ranch hand because he's got nothing else to do. And then Abby and Colt argue over vegetation, which is the most fucked up thing to do in a separation. Yes, it is. Yeah. And then Dale tells Bo that the owner of the feed store died, causing Bo to consider his own mortality. And then Bo argues with Colt over whether a cow is having an allergic reaction. And then Luke gives Heather $1,000 so she can pay the mortgage. Dale says Colt's sick cow is recovering after receiving an EpiPen, revealing that Bo saved it by disregarding Colt's assessment of its conditions. And now they're clashing. And Abby works late, irritating Colt by denying him time with Peyton. Joanne anyway, Cal so they do that, and then there's some things that happen. There's like a dinner, and they try to talk. He goes to his mama's bar and for some kind of book fair thing with her, and he's trying to try, and she's like, oh, you're trying to try. And anyway, they both get drunk and they end up fucking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. What? That happened. It, it did. Happened, but really it happened. Yeah. And then, of course, in the midst of all this, one of the big things that happens, and we're just going to jump around here, is, you know, even though, you know, they hooked up and everything, Abby is still unsure about getting back together. And basically, Colt, at one point, just snaps. Cause yeah. He's... You know why he snaps, though? And I, I don't disagree with him on this. Go ahead. She's being petty. He fucking apologized. And Abby says, like, she's trying. Colt's like, no, I'm trying. You're not doing anything. And she's not. And it's one of these things where eventually it's like... That bitch ain't doing shit. Mr. Booth, that bitch ain't doing shit. She wasn't. She really wasn't. She's still not. And the thing is this. It was not something that she needs to be this angry about. Okay, can I just... As a doctor, can I just say some shit real quick? Um, okay. I mean, f fuck my music. I'm just saying, as a doctor, okay, she has symptoms of what we like to call raggedy bitch symptoms. She wants what she wants, but she don't want to give nothing back. Raggedy bitch symptoms. So finally, after a long time of arguing, Colt basically says that he decides that he wants a divorce. Yes. And finally, he signs divorce papers and basically says he's done. He's like, I was protecting my family and I would do it again. Yep. So finally he had enough. And at this point, I can't say that I blame him. And then little Miss Shitster sees Nick in the fucking drugstore. Yes, with Abby. Little Miss Shitster sees the shit. Abby sees the shit. Little Miss Shitster. She runs back to the house and says, Where's Cole? Where's Cole? Where's Bo? Where's Cole? And Joanne is there and she looks at the two of them 
and they're like, uh, who the fuck is Nick? And they tell him that Nick is the asshole that did Rooster in. Well, Colt says, where's my Colt 45 gun? And, and Bo gets his gun. Colt takes off in a huff. And then Bo takes off in a huff. And then all of a sudden, we hear we hear Nick say, what the fuck are you doing? Then we hear, pow! Somebody shot Nick. But we don't know who. Well, here's the question. Did Nick get shot or did Nick shoot someone? No, nobody. I did it well. Here's the other question. Who says it wasn't Mary that shot Nick? Well, that's the thing. There's a billion different questions. Some may say Mary shot Nick. Maybe Nick shot someone else. Or, as Gator would say, or... There could be a twist. You want to hear my twisty prediction? Rooster shot Nick. Rooster's back from the dead. Rooster shot Nick and fucking killed his ass. Maybe. She called Rooster because she knew where she where he was. Because here's the best part, though, is I don't know if they filmed it or not, and they haven't made. Maybe they kept it a secret. Maybe. Of course, I don't know how they would. What? Abby's dad shot Nick. Abby's dad? Yeah. Wait, was he there when that when all this was going down? Yes. Why would Abby's dad do it? I don't know. You will find out next time on the ranch. Thank you, Abby and Gator. Well, even though Gator jumped all the way to the end, there was two other major pressing issues. What? I got it right. Well, yes, but I'm saying there were two major things, three couple things we overlooked in this season as well. Like? Uh, Bo and Joanne proposing. Yeah, well, I, I said that earlier. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Gator, I promise you, you did it. I promise I did. Right, but anyway, there's all that. And then, of course, there was the incident with, um, there was a dam that Newman's Hill owned that was preventing the other ranchers from getting water to their land. And Cole prayed Jesus. Yes, and he destroyed the dam, and then Lisa had evidence that Colt destroyed the dam and was going to press charges. So Bo basically saved Colt by offering to sell Lisa the Iron River Ranch if, if, he, if she dropped the charges. And he, and he did. He did. So now Newman's Hill officially owns Iron River Ranch. And then afterwards, they find the Iron River branding iron, and then Colt asks Bo to use it on his ranch and carry on the family name, and Bo approves of it. And that's the interesting thing about this show, is that just when you think Colt and Bo have reconciled, there's always some other major fight between them, and then they reconcile again. Because I honestly thought after that emotional moment that Bo had with Colt a few parts back, where he apologized to Colt for, you know... Being a dick. Yeah. Like he said, like they talked about how, you know, Colt won this amazing game in a blowout, but all Bo did was yell at him in the parking lot about the one interception that he threw. And then Bo realized, you know, that maybe my method of parenting worked at times, but there were times I could have been more compassionate than I was. Which I'm going to tell you something, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems with that being, being a new uh, dad now, so... Yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, it's that happy middle ground that dads have. I think is that. I don't. I don't know because I want. I want to make sure she knows what she's doing and what she's getting into. You know. Well, here's the catch twenty two with that is that on the one hand you show the tough love so they act right, 
But the trick is, and most old school parents make this mistake, is they don't know when to be the hard ass and when to be compassionate one. And I think that if you're going to be a... And that is my problem. The big problem with parenting is this. There's extremists on both sides. There's the parents who never hit their kids, and there's the parents who only hit their kids. Both of them are incorrect. Yes, you have to do both. You have to know when to use it and when not to use it. That uh, is what makes a great dad. Is you got to find that happy middle ground. And once you have it, then you got to do it. You got to know, okay, you got to really assess the situation, which if you're pissed off and angry, sometimes that's hard to do. But you assess the situation, you ask yourself, okay, is this situation really worth a smacking? You could go get some matches and a lighter and burn down the church. Why would fuck would you do that? Why would you do that? What is what the, hey, 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 What does that have to do with anything I just said? Sometimes you gotta burn it down. No, you don't. Hey, Notre Dame. <laughs> you're sick. I swear to God, you're sick. All right. Yes, I am. Burn it down. So we had that going on. Those were major components going on throughout the story. As we got, or, or if it's a dam, then it's burn it down. And of course, there was another issue they were having was Joanne is now worried she might have Alzheimer's. She does. Yes, and she's worried that it's gonna affect her. Now, of course, Joanne, and this is what I love about Joanne's character is that, and this is why I love the fact that she and Bo ended up together is they are exactly alike. They're very similar. Joanne is a female Bo, and she is the ultimate smartass. The ultimate smartass. Like, better than all of them. They, like, Colt, everybody in their own way has a way of being a smartass. But Joanne is a way she can be the biggest bitch but is sweet about it. That is a hard thing to pull off. It is. So, and ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, those were the major events of part seven of The Ranch. And, um, so Gator, overall, how'd you feel about this part? I don't like the cliffhanger. I know that. I know I need to find out who the fuck shot Nick. Yes. Or if Nick shot someone else. True. Very true. So we got got to factor all this in, and we will find out this coming from... What? If a gun was dropped and discharged on its own involuntarily. Holy crap. I didn't even think of that. But I, at the same time, though, was there... Wait a minute. How many gunshots were there, though? One. Just one? One gunshot. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Because if there was one gunshot, then okay, I can see how that would happen. No, it's one gunshot. It's all you hear is one gunshot. So, we're going to go back to it again. There's multiple things that could happen here. Yes. Either someone shot Nick. Nick shot someone else. We're thinking it could be... A a plot twist with Rooster. We're thinking it could be Abby's dad. Or it could be Mary. Or somebody could have dropped a gun and, and it discharged. I'll tell you right now. If, if it's a gun that discharged, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people. Yeah, I hope it's not that. They're expecting someone to be dead at this point. Yes. I expect most of part eight to be oh, high. he's fatally wounded. That too. But if somebody's dead, I expect the majority of part eight to be hiding a body. True. And we also have to keep in mind, part eight is the final part. This is it. It's done after this. There's not going to be a part nine. There's not going to be a part ten. This is the end of the ranch as we know it. So on that note, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we will get into the final part. 
part eight of the ranch here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this. Yeah, the sun comes on and I sing out loud and there ain't no road that I can't go down and I don't think twice when I pass your house all the time. Yeah, the rain just rolls right off my back and I don't get caught in the same old traps. I can hear your name and fall asleep just fine. Yeah, the world don't revolve around you. Not everything's about you. Sunsets happen, my phone rings, I'm finally laughing, and doing things with my friends. We drink to this, we drink to that, we throw that eight ball in the rack, it's what I have, not what I had. And the song comes on and I sing out loud in the rain, no When I pass your house all the time Yeah, the rain just rolls right off my back And I don't get caught in the same old traps I can hear your name and fall asleep just fine Yeah, the city lights and the midnight stars Are too many drinks in a downtown bar Don't mess me up like they did before
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song, Not Everything's About You, by Old Dominion. And obviously, I chose this song because this was a episode title of Part 8 of The Ranch. And also, I enjoy this song because it's something I like to say to people a lot of the time. You know, not everything is about you. And I think that's an overall theme that a lot of people today need to recognize, uh, you know, that sometimes in life, not everything is about you. So I thought it was a great song. Uh, heavily enjoyed it and I think it sends a positive message and that was Old Dominion with Not Everything's About You here on the Boochcast. Okay so ladies and gentlemen we are here for the final part of the ranch hey, and question. What? Is it cool ranch? Um I guess this season was kind of cool. Ah, continue. Okay so ladies and gentlemen we this show picks up where the, la- where the last half where the first half left off which is Yes uh, it picks up with Nick, who is dead. Yes. So now the big question is, who killed Nick? So the episode starts where they're at the trailer, and this is before Nick gets shot. And we see... So we go back to, what, three hours later? Three hours earlier. Yes. Where Bo shows up at the trailer. Luke then shows up at the trailer. Then Coke. Shows up at the trailer. So now all three of these guys are here, and they are ready to basically take out Nick because. Yes. And by take out, we mean not for dinner. Yes, they're going. They plan to kill Nick because they're done with all the bullshit that Nick has caused to everyone. So at some point, Luke ends up leaving. I can't remember why. Uh, he leaves to take Mary because they find Mary in the in the thing. Yes. So they go get Mary, and he takes Mary out. And by out, we mean out of the area. And basically, Bo and Colt are sitting there waiting for Nick. And Bo's seriously thinking about just not doing anything. Colt wants to kill Nick because he's worried that he's going to come after his family and everything else. And uh, Colt's 100% justified, in my opinion, for wanting to stay there. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. but Well, here's the thing. Colt wanted to stay because he was so concerned about his family. Yeah. And then Colt and Bo are like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. And then Colt reaches in his pocket and he sees Peyton's binky. Yes. And when he sees that, he realizes that this guy's not worth going to jail, so they leave. But then, they're on their way back, and all of a sudden, Bo shows up to the trailer, and Colt is nowhere to be found. They then, a police officer shows up at the trailer. Bo Bo, Bo shows up back at home, not at the trailer. No, I said Bo shows up, but I said a cop shows up to the trailer. Yes. Follow the story. After Colt got a phone call. Yes, follow the bouncing ball. Now. Yes, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm good, we're cool. All right, so next thing you know, a cop shows to the trailer, and then all of a sudden the door opens and Colt comes out with his hands up. And it's basically yes, but having... He didn't, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And the way he did it was he had evidence showing he was at the gas station at the time Nick was shot. But who did it? We'll never know. But Colt is the only one throughout the entire season that knows who killed Nick. And no, it's not Rooster. No, it was, we thought, I thought it was going to be Rooster, but Rooster does make a cameo in this, in the series. Can can we, can we, before, all right, before we continue to go ahead, can we talk about who we thought it was? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay, you thought it was Rooster. Now, when I messaged Mr. Bugirelli, what did I ask you? You asked if Maggie did it. Yes, because Maggie had as much to gain by Nick being gone as any of the other Bennett's. 
How do you figure? Because she lost her son. Same thing Bo did. Yeah. You so, know? Yeah, so we he thought it was Maggie. I thought it was Rooster because I thought maybe this was going to be a way for Rooster to make a comeback because so many people wanted to see Rooster back on the ranch. Yes, and it's not happening. And it's not happening. So, but there was a way to bring Rooster back without bringing Rooster back. Basically, what they did was there was a moment where Colt was getting some metal off this fence. It's a ranching term. I don't really know what it's called. Mending uh, the fence. Yes. And so while he's doing that, his truck moves on its own, like slips on the ice or something, and pins him against the fence. So Colt's yep. now stuck in the cold and can't go nowhere. So, of course, he's trying to talk to Siri, and Siri at one point starts basically becoming Colt's subconscious and talking about what a piece of shit Colt has been. As he's dying. Then all of a sudden... Not at first. But then we get the part where the phone starts saying, Really? You're just going to give up? You being a pussy? He's like, he's like, when I went out, I went out like a champ. When I went over that guardrail, I was giving double birds on the way down. And then Colt starts laughing and starts cracking jokes with it. Like the way he used to talk to Rooster. And then he told him, if you're ready, come towards the light. And then a light shows up. But it's Luke and Abby in a car that find Colt pinned to this truck. And they end up getting Colt out of there and getting him to the hospital. And where he starts crying because they had to cut off his suppression pants or whatever the fuck he was wearing. Not the suppression pants! And he's more devastated about that than anything. Well, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Okay, alright. Let's, let, let, alright. Them things were like 50 bucks. Yeah. And in the midst of all of this, leading up to that moment... The big thing for Colt was trying to make things right with Abby. Because they were still going back and forth and not getting along. And just shit's going all over the place. It is. It's a mountain of fuck. Yeah. Mountain of fuck. And basically, Abby reads this message that Colt left on his phone about him basically trying, you know, to be a good dad, to be a good husband, all this shit. And Abby instantly forgives Colt for everything. I don't know why, but little Miss shit starter. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I hate Abby's fucking guts. I used to like her. And then, which part seven happened, and I'm like, fuck you, bitch. And now, part eight, I still can't forgive her for starting shit. Because she saw Nick. Nick didn't do nothing to her and Peyton. She just seen Nick. And then all of a sudden, here we go. Now we're in a spiral of shit. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that... You know, she goes through all this shit. She finally forgives Colt. And here's the crazy part. Because they're about to get serious again, Colt decides to tell her, I know who killed Nick. And there's a brief moment where she gets mad and leaves. And my first thought is, oh my God, they're not starting this shit again. No! Because at this point, if Abby was to leave him over this, she's a bitch at this point. Because... Colt is literally saying, okay, we're going to give this a real shot. I don't want there to be any more secrets between us. Here it is. You can't get mad at that point. No. You can't. You can't. At that point, you can't get upset. And eventually, she changes her mind, doesn't get upset, and it's like, okay, thank God. Because if I got to go through this shit another season, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. It's like, this is the last part. This is the end. This storyline has to stop. Let's move on. And then we got, of course, Mary going to rehab. Yes. That was the interesting part. And then... Yeah, see, and that's the thing. You're, you're looking at Mary like, oh, God, she's going to run. She's going to run. But surprisingly, she doesn't. She actually gets her shit together and Briefly. eventually gets back to being normal again, you know, Briefly. which is great. I find that amazing. But then the I other do. story is... Which, which proves... Which proves, if 
if you got something going on, you can always get your shit back together. Yes, and I think that's a key thing in this story. And also, we have the incident where they find out that Colt's herd is infected by a trick virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing that bugs me. This is the thing that made me want to smack Bo upside the head. The fact that he still thinks Lisa Newman has a heart. That bitch ain't got no heart. He treats her like she's a real rancher. She's not a real rancher. No, Lisa, all Lisa's are good for is fucking. <laughs> they want their bull, they, hold on, they want their bull to put out and put out and put out and put out, and eventually that heifer's pussy is all fucked up. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. But. Nothing? Five, six, seven, eight times. Yeah, especially on New Year's. Anyway, so. God damn it. So anyway, uh, he goes to Lisa Newman to warn her, hey, I think there's something wrong with your bull. And she decides to sue Colt because she 100% blames him for the reason that horse has trick. And it's about basically on the on the verge of basically shutting the whole ranch down. Completely. Yes. And there was also some controversy in the show where, you know, in order to prevent Colt from going to jail, Bo sold the Iron River Ranch to Lisa Newman. Yes. And she's still a heartless bitch and tries to take their house. Yeah. Basically, they got to move out in 60 days. 60 days. So now Bo and Joanne are house hunting, which is kind of, which is interesting because Bo's trying to look for new houses and stuff. And I, I got to say, I love the relationship between Bo and Joanne. Yes. Like, to me, that's what a relationship should be. Because she's going through Alzheimer's and they both crack jokes about it. That's, that's a fucking relationship right there. Yes, it's all about, here's the thing, they're cracking jokes about it, they're, they're, they're joking about it, they're doing their thing, but it's a serious thing. Yeah, but they're both, you know, laughing about it, and they have that kind of relationship, and that's, that's when you know somebody's right for you, when you can do... That's when you know you found true love. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, and then they find out that Colt's about to be kicked out of the co-op because of the whole trick infection and their deal with Outback is going down the tube. So, Colt's basically in hell. What? Outback Steakhouse. Yes. He should have went to today's sponsor, Chuck Steakhouse. Only steakhouse in the South where we like it when you put our meat in your mouth. Chuck Steakhouse. Give us our fucking money. So. You know, hey, fuck you. That's my That's my line. Well, I can say it. It's my show. Anyway. I can say things too. Would you like me to talk about a certain group of people? Uh, I'll pass. So. Alright, so so Colt eventually figures out that Rooster's password with, with, with Newman's Hill was still active, hacks into it, and discovers that the place where allegedly the bull had gotten infected, the bull was actually there. So he gets all this leverage to basically counter sue Lisa Newman, and basically they cut a deal where he sells Lisa Newman his herd, and in exchange, she gives back the Iron River Ranch. And you see the most emotional moment between Bo and Colt you've ever seen. You saved my ranch, you young scamp. Yes. And it was great because they were... This is where you really feel like Colt and Bo really got close in this season. Yes, but there, there, but there was no fucking. Well, no. That would be gross. Yeah, that'd be gross. But I'm just saying, they really... Like, this father-son bond got stronger than ever... Because he's trying to tell him about how the importance of family, because he's looking through some classic moments in Colt's life, realizing Bo's not in any of those pictures. 
True. You know, just realizing the importance of family, and that's something that Bo realized early on, like the nurturing side that he never really what that he never really got, never really did. Like he's starting to feel it now. And then Do and you it, feel it now, Mr. Krabs. Yes. And I believe the other big moment was Luke finally realizing that he needed help with his uh, PTSD. Yes. Because he was offered a job with his buddy and he didn't take it, and then his buddy killed himself, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I kind of at that point I was kind of fucked up because you know I've been through some similar shit like that, so I was kind of like, "Whoa!" Yeah. So then he goes, they go to this meeting and they kind of sit there and you know they go to like a VA help meeting and you see Luke starting to get his life back together. And what I thought was the most emotional part was that Luke was so fucked up from that, and you can't really blame him. But Mary ultimately convinces him to go get help. Yeah, that was weird to me. Like, bitch, you just got out of a fucking rehab. Exactly. So she basically used the same advice that Luke was giving her on him. And that's when you kind of knew, okay, these two are going to have a relationship. And it makes sense. Like... Some way, some way, somehow. Yeah, like, there was another one of those interesting things. And then you find out, Maggie's a lesbian? Yeah, that was weird. When did this happen? Uh, yeah, and she's like, and she's like, we prefer not to put a label on it. And Bo's kind of looking at it like, well, I need to know something. We were married for 40, 50 some odd years. I kind of need a label. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to go public on social media, but I think your ex kind of needs to know. You know, the father of your motherfucking children? Yeah, I kind of need to know. That's all I've got to yeah, say. I need to, know, I need to know if you're munching carpet or not. Yeah, and did I have anything to do with your decision to munch on the carpet? And if the carpet matches the drapes. Yeah, I'll just you know say. You the sexiest thing I've ever heard from a woman was? Like, what? I asked her, I said, do the carpets match the drapes? She said, what carpet? I said, oh. Mr. Bugirelli, that means she's got no carpet. I know. Bald and pudenda, bald and pudenda. She's got a bald and pudenda, how about you? Thank you, Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. Fuck you. That was funny. <laughs> it is, but that's that's pretty much Whoopi Goldberg, what you just did. So. Oh, I know it is. That's why I did it. Oh, God. Okay. When your cooter has no hair. Sometimes you need to use Nair. <laughs> yeah, this, this is going off the fucking rails. Okay. No, it hasn't. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. It's just for men, even though it's a cooter. <laughs> it's just for cooter. <sighs> and I'm not talking about your cousin cooter. I'm talking about her cooter. Yeah. Uh, you know that cooter bug? Yes. So anyway, Wolf monkey guaranteed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we got. So like I said, we have all these crazy stories, and then we get to the pivotal moment of the story: who, who killed, killed Nick? Yes, and we discover it was Heather. Yes. We did not see that shit coming. No, we didn't. I was like, what the fuck? So Heather kills Nick, but Mary Good ends up taking the fall because she realizes that she's been a very shitty mom. Duh. And she feels like the best way to make it right is to make sure Heather doesn't go to jail because Heather's got the whole rest of her life. Mary, at this point, got nothing to lose. So she goes in, she uses self-defense and gets probation. Probation. And basically everything becomes a happily ever after at that point. And And Mary only gets five years. Yes. She gets five years probation. And and we see like the, the end of this like amazing show where like they get to keep the Iron River Ranch. Colt still on still has the Peterson Ranch with Abby and And guess what folks? Lisa Newman still a bitch. Yep. But it's okay 
because her bull finally decided to gore her in the ass and say, Goodbye, Lisa, you dirty whore. Choke on this pizza, bitch. <laughs> Mr. Bridgerelli, that sound about right? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, see, see, okay, so the bull took the heifer to a hotel room, and the heifer paid for the hotel, but yeah. the bull was in charge of paying for the pizza, and so he paid for the pizza. They had sex about seven, eight times. He, he fucked her cooter all to hell. Fucked up cooter, fucked up cooter. She's got a fucked up cooter. How about you? <laughs> and, um, anyway, after the bull decided to fuck me, she cut her up. She was in the shower and uh, she got mad because he was watching TV. Because we, because folks, bitches don't like it when you watch TV. <laughs> I'm sorry, heifers. That is a female bull. A female cow. Not well, cow. Yeah, well, fat chicks are cows, so it makes it makes about like that. Anyway, this dark chocolate bull. <laughs> Has decided, has to, I mean, well, not the bull. The bull was, the bull was a milky white bull with glasses and bald hair. But it, he was a nice bull. He was a nice bull, children. He was a nice bull. And anyway, the heifer in question was darky chocolate from the island somewhere. She <laughs> and this bitch, this weed smoking whore, I mean heifer, fucked up, Mr. Bidger, I mean the bull, so bad. <laughs> So bad that the bull had to leave and get in his car and drive away. You know what else is messed up, too? You know what else is messed up, too? There was another bull in there, Mr. Bugirelli. There was another bull. And this bull was messing with was messing with a bunch of heifers, okay? Three heifers. And they were all related. They were all sister heifers. Oh, God. And one of the heifers decided to write a fucking song about the bull. He's a white bull, and all these heifers was white, too. Because the, uh, because the bull in question decided never to play in the mud. And what? And then there was a heify who made good spaghetti. Oh, heify who made the bull spaghetti. Yeah. Heffy with the spaghetti. But anyway, the bull fucked everybody in the family, including the dog. And long story short, kids don't fuck members of the family. But anyway, so the other bull, the white bull, who was messing with the black Niagara dark chocolate heifer, um, he decided to leave in a flail of passion in his car, his Toyota Corolla. Because that's what white bulls with no hair drive. Yes, uh, they, they, they drive Corollas, or sometimes Kia Fortes, but anyway. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Kia Forte, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Booty, I mean Bull. Shut up, okay. Bull, so, really? Yeah, so anyway, um, so now I'm they put the- I'm sorry that bitch was mean to you. Yes, we know. So anyway. She should've, hey, she should've paid for the pizza. But no, the, the bull and the heifer made a deal, the he- and the bull fulfilled his end of the deal. Yes, but why you didn't get pineapple on your pizza? Because that's evil. That's from Satan. That that's is... not evil from Satan. It's fruit. You... It makes your jizz taste better. I do not put fruit on my pizza because I'm it not a fruit. It makes your jizz taste better. Fruit on a pizza is a sin. It, it is makes a your sin. Jizz taste better. It is a fucking sin. It still makes your jizz taste better. Ash to, ash the heifer doesn't ever. swallow, so the taste of the jizz is irrelevant. And I can't, I can't help that she's a cock goblin fucking whore. Okay, the heifer doesn't like the heifer. I can't help that that heifer is messing with every white man bald headed with glasses. Shut up, Gator. So anyway, it's, my, it's her fault that she's been messing with other bulls. All right, whatever. So fucking I... Lisa Newman. All right, so. 
Anyway, I have no idea where we're at right now, so... We're at the end of the show. Anyway, the show ends, and everybody lived happily ever after. Yes, and I will say, I like the way this show ended. Yeah, it wasn't the shitty. Yeah, this final, this part was very, very well done. It had great stories. It captivated you from beginning to end, and it put a final tie-up to everything. Colt and Abby back together. Colt and Bo getting along, Luke being officially part of the family, Mary getting Bruce her help, dead. everybody, everybody was great. Everybody that Except had a problem. Rooster, who's still dead? What? Is that Rooster who's still dead? Yes. So Rooster unfortunately was still dead. They 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 couldn't bring him back because. Uh, because, because we didn't have that kind of technology. Well, not just that, but also Danny Masterson, unfortunately, was still fired from the show, and they just were not able to bring him back for the final part. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the part where I cut off the pre-recorded uh, review of Part 8 of The Ranch. And the reason I'm cutting it off there is because even though the things that I said at the time that I was recording that, and circle, underscore, highlight the words, at the time I was recording that, Danny Masterson had not been found guilty of rape. It hadn't happened yet. He was just going through allegations and being part of the whole Me Too thing. So we did not know for sure that he was actually guilty. We just found out, like I said, at the time that I'm sitting here talking to you right now, we found out a few months back. But at the time that we recorded that Ranch Part 8 recap, which was around the time that the Ranch Part 8 came out, which was many years ago, Danny Masterson was innocent until proven guilty. Because that's how the justice system works. For those of you who don't know that. Now, in the court of public opinion, you're guilty until proven innocent. And even after you're proven innocent, people still say you're fucking guilty. That's why I wait until there's a conviction in a court of law before I pass any judgment. And obviously, Danny Masterson was convicted and found guilty in a court of law. So he is a fucking rapist and he deserves to go to fucking jail. But obviously, at the time, I did not feel that way. And even though I don't apologize for feeling that way at the time, because those were my opinions at the time, and I've changed them since new evidence has been presented for me to change it, I don't want some leftist libtard jackass listening to what I said in the past and trying to use that today as saying, Saying, Vinny defends Danny Masterson. No, I don't. I defended him back then because there was no evidence to prove that he did it. Now there is evidence to prove that he did it. So there will be no more defending of Danny Masterson on my part. So that's why I cut that shit out. Because the problem with the left, the biggest problem I have with the left, is they don't look at context. They just hear words and then their wittle feelings get hoit. So I cut that part out. Plus, by that point, we were pretty much done talking about the ranch anyway because there's nothing left to talk about. And since there is nothing left to talk about, I am going to wrap up this review of part eight of The Ranch and thus officially wrap up this ranch compilation review here on the Boochcast. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in and I hope you guys will continue to follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook com slash the boochcast we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content make sure you check out the male soap opera moment to see our uh, predictions for wwe SummerSlam. find out who was right and who was wrong and make sure
sure you be on the lookout for the recap of WWE SummerSlam coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Now, there's going to be a twist to this live wrestling watch party, and that is I personally will not be able to attend the Survivor Series watch party. Now, I'm going to try to talk to my team and see if they can put something together for you guys to check out and be entertained because that Saturday, I'm going to be traveling with Buff Bagwell to WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I will be at WrestleCade on November 25th. I will be there with Buff Bagwell. I'll be at his table. So if you happen to be coming to WrestleCade on that day, you'll be seeing us, you know, at the convention. Come see us. Get an autograph and a picture with Buff Bagwell. You can come shake my hand as well. Um, We're going to have a great time meeting fans, and we're very excited about it. But since I'll be in Winston-Salem, I will not be present for the Survivor Series. In fact, I may not even be able to see the Survivor Series. I might have to wait till I get back from Winston-Salem to watch the Survivor Series. I'll either watch it on Sunday or maybe I'll watch it Monday when I get back into town. But I'm going to try to talk to my team and see if they can put something together. So mark the day on your calendar, November 25th, Survivor Series watch party. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got to know to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.